welcome to the Find Your Best Future podcast. This is the podcast that helps international families make great decisions when it comes to choosing university courses. Welcome to another episode of the Find Your Best Future podcast. Hello, Jeremy. How are you? I'm very well, Neil. I've just got back from my travels. I've been visiting universities the last couple of weeks. And where have you been? All over, actually. I've been to Marist University in Florence, and then I went to the Toulouse Business School in Toulouse and also at their campus in Barcelona. And I came back to work here in Vienna for a day, and then I jetted off to Abu Dhabi, where I had a look at the amazing modern campus of New York University. My goodness me, the life of a college counsellor, eh? Unbelievable, unbelievable. And you're well? Everything good? Uh, everything good, thank you. Fantastic. Um, today, what are we going to be getting on to talk about? Uh, well, Neil, today we're going to talk about engineering. And I ah. think, yes, I think most people have an idea about engineering. You know, engineers design things, build things. But I think uh, most people don't really appreciate how extensive this field really is. So I know there are loads of different types of engineering. But, you know, can you help us sort of get a picture of, of the kind of things we're going to be talking about? Yes, indeed. So bear with me while I go through uh, quite a list, actually, of different types of engineering. But I think it's important for listeners to understand uh, something about the different types of engineering, because it will help you decide which one best suits you, if that's the direction you're right. heading in. Um, so let's start with biomedical engineering. Um, biomedical engineers work in a combination of biology, medicine, and engineering. And they primarily design things like prosthetic limbs, artificial organs, and materials for the care of hospital patients, really. Yeah, and I actually, we have a, I have a, um, an ex-student who went to study biomedical engineering in the UK, a really fascinating uh, area now, uh, um, including robotics as well, incredibly interesting uh, uh, field. And the next one? The next one, electrical engineering. Um, they design and develop electrical systems from anything from large-scale projects to small-scale systems. Um, but their day-to-day -day consists of designing, developing, testing various forms of electrical equipment. Um, it could be anything from a digital camera to a power station. Okay, huge, huge area again. Yes, yes. Um, and another area? Go on, keep us, keep us well, going. Well, okay, we, we, we keep rolling through. Uh, chemical engineers, um, they solve problems that relate to the chemical world of atoms and molecules. While they can sometimes be found conducting experiments inside a lab, most of their day is spent designing and building machines in factories and production facilities. Right, and so they're people who maybe, I don't know, plastic plants and plants mm. making batteries and uh, all of those kind of things, I'm guessing. Is that right? Yes, that's absolutely right. Uh, obviously, most things involve some aspect of, of atoms, molecules, chemistry, sure. etc. Yeah. So I guess uh, uh, particularly interesting uh, in today's world where we're looking for, 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 you know, intelligent solutions around sustainability and all of those kind of things. Uh, and I know that, uh, you know, 
the hunt for for uh, improved um, battery technology is something that I guess these people are involved in in a detailed way. Yes, I mean, uh, I think most people are aware now that we are moving towards uh, electric cars and batteries are actually a key element of this development. So making them smaller, lighter and longer lasting. Right. And um, the next area you have on your list is uh, mechanical engineering. Uh, That's a huge area. Tell us a little bit about it. It is. I mean, a lot of students who go to university to study engineering uh, go and do mechanical engineering. At least they start off there. They they may branch out and specialize later on. Um, It's a large field with many, many subcategories. But all mechanical engineers work in the process of designing and constructing machines and devices. And they also spend a fair bit of time on things like research and development, product design, and testing the functionality of the machines which they've designed. They might be developing literally anything from a kettle to an aircraft carrier. Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? Uh, Again, um, you know, making sure that uh, uh, things work and they work better and they're constructed in the most efficient way. Um, uh, It's really an enormous field of, uh, of work. Um, and I guess uh, computer engineering is also uh, on your list. Yes, indeed. Very, very important in the modern world, of course. We, we rely heavily on computers to well, do pretty much everything. Um, so the design of computers and computer systems is what computer engineers focus on. However, the design of complex software systems is usually a domain of what's called software engineers. And this is normally considered to be a a specialist area, separate discipline. Right. So there's a sort of a crossover realm. The physical design of chips and 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 computer systems may fall into an engineer's realm, but you're obviously connected across into the IT software uh, uh, realm as well. I would imagine. Yes, absolutely. Okay, and uh, I can see on your list the next one's a fun one. Aerospace engineering. Yes, I think we we've all flown in aircraft, and we all. I know we either take them for granted or we marvel at them, especially when you go to an airport, you see one of those really big aircraft. You have to imagine how many parts there are in an aircraft like that, and they all have to be designed and tested. So, I mean, aerospace engineers, they design, develop, produce various space or aeronautical vehicles. Um, Some might work on spacecraft, while others uh, develop commercial airliners or military jets. How cool is that? Very you know, cool. Working on a spacecraft, that's like stuff of my dreams when I was about 10. Absolutely. And, and, and also uh, the whole thing with, with military jets. I was actually flying back from Abu Dhabi on Saturday night, and I just happened to be watching uh, Top Gun Maverick, the film. <laughs> uh, yes. I thought you were going to say something else like, you know, and your flight was accompanied into London or with, with two military jets. But no, it was Tom Cruise we were on. It was Tom Cruise. Yes, definitely. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite films, the Top Gun series. Next on your list. Civil engineers, well, they develop and build projects like buildings, roads, bridges, all these sort of things that all of us use on a daily basis. Um, They supervise the construction teams. They work alongside other engineers. And, of course, they also work very closely with the architects because these things are normally designed by architects or architects stroke engineers. There's there's a great deal of overlap between uh, these professions. It really is. And, And, again, you know, 
civil engineering is a huge realm, isn't it? It's just unbelievable. You know, uh, we're talking, when we talk about engineering, we're talking about a, a, a really huge chunk of our economy, uh, all capsulated under one subject area. Um, and these are the guys you generally see um, in a suit with a hard hat on. <laughs> those is that are right? The, those are the ones, yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the ones who are sort of wandering <laughs> around uh, in smart clothes, but with a hard hat and maybe a high-vis jacket on. Yeah, I, I often wonder why they wear a suit when they go to a construction site, but at least they've got the hard hat. That's the main thing. I think it's to differentiate themselves from, from the construction workers, perhaps. And, Maybe. And to show off that they're a little bit more important. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, you do see them like that around the place. Yes. Next on the list? Petroleum engineer. Um, yep. pet petroleum engineers discover new gas and oil sources. They research how to implement new technologies and of course, there's a lot of discussion now around the environmental impact of this industry. So environmentally friendly extraction processes are very, very important. And naturally, these engineers, petroleum engineers, work closely alongside geologists. They do. And, you know, uh, I suppose knee-jerk reaction is, oh, petroleum engineers. But as you said, uh, you know, in the end, regardless of where we go in terms of... Um, you know, uh, net zero and, and all of those uh, sustainability goals, we are going to be to, to, to extract oil over the, um, uh, you know, the foreseeable future. And the question is, how do we do that in the most sustainable way? So, you know, it, it's an important area to, uh, uh, to consider. Um, I, and moving I, on from there... I know, think, got, uh, yeah, if I could interrupt a minute, yeah, I think I think just before we, we move on from there, you consider petroleum engineers. Nowadays, of course, a lot of the, the oil resources are found in, in very challenging climatic Completely. areas, the Arctic, for example. And so these people really have to uh, um, push back the, the frontiers of, of what is actually physically and humanly possible. So that's quite a challenging profession. Yeah, and ironically, they're sort of linked with the next one, aren't they? Yes, they are. Um, environmental engineers, of course, they, they sort of aid communities with their environmental problems, such as oil spills, for example. Sure. Because <laughs> uh, uh, the, the environment is very much to the forefront of political issues at the moment. And so environmental engineers are in increasing demand. Yes, they are. And I, I actually know one um, personally, and he, you know, it's a really diverse field and he develops sort of um, filters that are put into the earth that filter out, um, uh, you know, chemicals that are going into the groundwater. Um, and so, you know, really, again, a really innovative and area where lots of startups are active uh, right now, uh, I think. Um, anything else on your list? Marine engineers, we were talking about aircraft just now. Well, let, let's head for the sea. Uh, marine engineers design and construct uh, things like marine engines, for example, as well as the seagoing ships like oil platforms, cruise ships, warships. Um, but they, they work particularly on the interior systems. I mean, a ship is a very complicated um, um, item to build and to construct and, and, and to design. And so the, the marine engineers need to ensure that these ships have the power, the steering, the heating, the cooling, the ventilation systems, the hydraulics. They basically have to see that the whole thing functions properly after it's been launched. Right. And 
Um, the next one's totally interesting to me. Tell me about acoustical engineers. What do yeah. they do? I think uh, people tend to overlook acoustical engineers, but they're actually in great demand in, in almost every field of engineering um, because you tend to think naturally of the things like uh, creating a better concert hall, superior sound reproduction systems. But then again, you have to look at things like ultrasound scans, which are used in hospitals, uh, and also designing quieter aircraft. It all comes under the acoustical engineer. Right. And... Um... Uh, I actually know somebody who, who designs noises for electric cars because electric ah. cars are quiet, uh, really silent. And, and we need to have noise attached to cars in order to warn people. And they actually synthesize the noises that they want to create uh, in, in order to um, uh, make the place uh, a safer one. Um, the next one is, is, is a great word. I love this word, mechatronics. It sounds like a toy uh, that I used to play with when I was about seven. Uh, what is mechatronics? Well, um, it's, it's a word that a lot of people have heard of but really struggle to put any sort of definition to. Um, mechatronics engineers work in an area which deals with the convergence of electrical and mechanical systems. Um, such combined systems are known as electromechanical systems and have widespread adoption. Examples include automating manufacturing systems and even things as simple as heating and ventilation, air conditioning. And then, of course, there's various subsystems in, in aircraft and automobiles. So it's a very broad field. And again, I actually know a, a mechatronic engineer and he defines, it designs automated coffee machines. Uh, from oh. a very large brand. And, of course, coffee machines are now high-tech, super pressure button, and out comes <laughs> your, your particularly programmed uh, version of a coffee. And um, that's what he does as a mechatronics engineer, linking the software with the, the, the physical uh, uh, aspects of creating the best espresso possible. My goodness me. You know, Neil, I'm always amazed at how much coffee machines cost when you see them in the shops. Because, I mean, you might want to perhaps call me a little old-fashioned, but I always thought you just had to tip some hot water over some coffee and then out would come I'm the sorry, drink. Jeremy, you are completely old-fashioned. I know, I know. As I enjoy my espresso here. Hold on. Mmm. Well, no, no. I know it's, it's breakfast time, morning for you in Vancouver, Neil, but I'm not going to start drinking coffee now. Otherwise, I won't be able to go to sleep because it's already nearly seven o'clock here in Vienna. So uh, let's get back to, to engineering. Okay, it's back a to huge engineering. Area, isn't it? It is. Uh, and, yeah. and so when you're trying to decide, I want to be an engineer, oh my goodness me, how do you approach that? Well, I mean, this list that we've gone through addresses some of the fields of engineering, but I would really recommend that if you're thinking about engineering, you go and inform yourself exactly how many different types of engineering exist. And a quick and easy way to do this is to go onto the website of a, of a well-known engineering university and just look through the list of courses they offer. Um, I would suggest if you're going to do this, check out the University of Southampton in the UK or Carnegie Mellon in the United States. Those two have extensive lists of different types of engineering on their websites. Right. Okay. Um, that's brilliant. And so, you know, get to know what you'd like to do. Do you have to specialize from the very beginning? 
Um, normally not. Um, most engineering programs, uh, courses, they, they, they sort of give you a general introduction to engineering and cover the, the major areas during year one. And after that, you go and specialise. And what I mean, we talked about obviously the specialist jobs that engineers do, but they do a lot more than just engineering, don't they? When they when they graduate, they do. Um, it's not a question that you'll spend the next forty years working directly in engineering. You might branch off into all sorts of areas, like education, the military, the civil service, banking. There's all sorts of areas that, that you might go and work in, like marketing, media law, journalism, yeah. could be anything really. And, and I, I know um, from my personal experience, a lot of them end up going into, you know, finance and mergers and acquisitions and all of these kind of things that are in, in the finance realm because the skill set that they have, the knowledge, the maths, the, the analytical thinking mm. is very transferable into that finance analytical realm as well. So it's, a, it's a, a, an interesting area that is incredibly diverse. I think, it, I think it's, it's worth mentioning for our listeners that um, if, if you're still in school, you listen to this, that very often people go off in completely different areas. Yeah. Okay, so we talked a little bit about what engineering is and how, how broad it is and, and all of the different uh, aspects of the subject. Um, how do you go about choosing an engineering course, uh, you know, when you're actually digging down? So you've got a superficial view. You've gone and visited one of the websites that you suggested. Uh, where do you go from there? Well, to sort of get down to specifics of application advice, I, th I think it's important that um, you are aware of the different types of engineering and what they all entail. I mean, we went through a few earlier on in this episode. Sure. Uh, and then look at what type of work the different types of engineering degree will lead you towards. Uh, what are the career opportunities? Right. Uh, and then, okay. of course, can you combine your degree with another subject? I mean, engineering plus management is, is usually a popular combination, especially pe if people are thinking of taking their engineering skills into the more management setting of an industry. And, and of course, you have to decide which country you want to study in. Um, and perhaps you want to stay and work in that country as an engineer. So these are all things you need to think about. Right. And, and you know, I think uh, many people heading for engineering will also be thinking about uh, a master's degree as well, because the um, vast majority of engineers tend to head on. Is that right? Oh, yes, very much so. Um, so after you finish looking at the units that you're going to be studying in your bachelor degree, you need to see whether it'll lead you smoothly towards a master's degree. In fact, many universities that offer a three-year um, Bachelor of Engineering, or BEng, as they call it, um, have a combined course, which then becomes a four-year program. It's called MEng. So right. you just move smoothly through years one, two, and three doing bachelor degree work, and then in year four, you do your master's work. So at the end of four years, you basically graduate with, well, a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. Right. And... Um, I guess placement in industry is also really important in this realm, is it? Very important. Uh, I think it's very, very, uh, um, it's really vital, I think, for you to consider uh, doing a course which allows you to go out and get that industrial experience uh, yeah. as, as part of your university course. 
And I think the other thing that we need to throw out there is, uh, you know, um, grades need to be high for engineering generally. Is that right? Uh, generally, yes. Um, of course, it does depend a little bit from one university to another. But generally speaking, you need to get some good grades if you're going to go and pursue engineering. Right. But, I mean, particularly in the key subjects, mathematics, physics, possibly chemistry, of course, for chemical engineers. Jeremy, I, I know that uh, this might be a little bit difficult for students who are in grade 11 or 12, but Choosing the right subjects is particularly important, uh, is it not, for, for going on and studying um, engineering? Yes, it is. I mean, I understand that sometimes it's difficult to know for sure what you want to do at university when you're still in grade 10. And therefore, you might come across the idea that you want to be an engineer later on after you've selected the subjects. And therefore, perhaps you didn't select the ones which engineering universities are demanding. Um, however, many universities offer something called a foundation program. Um, this foundation year or foundation program is really an extra year on the front of your bachelor's degree. Right. So, so it's an opportunity for you to make up for any gaps in your academic profile. Uh, and assuming that you successfully complete that year, then you just move smoothly into year one of the bachelor program. And they are very popular, aren't they? Uh, um, they are. Because it allows for universities to, to be more generous on, on the uh, uh, acceptance front, i.e. they can take a few more risks, perhaps. And for students, as you say, it's a way of uh, building up uh, their knowledge and skill set, perhaps, in areas that uh, haven't been covered uh, in their school curriculum. It's also worth pointing out that sometimes students whose overall scores are a little bit lower than they would wish um, and they don't match the requirements of a higher ranked university can go and do a foundation course at one of these higher ranked universities where, of course, the entry requirements are lower. And so it's, it's a way of um, getting yourself into a higher ranked university than your grades would normally allow. But going back again to... Um... Uh, the grades that are required for studying um, engineering. If, if uh, you know, you're a grade 10 student listening to this um, and uh, you're being proactive, what, what, what kind of subjects should you study in order to ensure that you're going to be uh, meeting the requirements? Well, definitely the highest level of mathematics and physics on offer in your school. Right. Yeah. And, that's, and, and obviously, if you're doing chemical engineering, then I guess chemistry as well. Absolutely, yes. Or if you're doing some sort of biological engineering, then clearly biology is a requirement. Indeed. Okay. But but maths and science are Abs absolutely, absolutely yes. critical. Yes. And, and if you're not very good at maths and science, should you be oh. considering being an engineer? I think you need to think long and hard about your plan on becoming an engineer because you have to understand that if you're struggling with mathematics in school, when you get to university, the maths is going to get a lot harder very quickly. It um, is. And, then and you have to think about... The mathematics for engineering yeah. is extremely tough, isn't it? Very tough, yes. So I think yeah. that if you're not talented at maths, then maybe you should consider going in a different direction. Okay. And, and are there any specific skills that help you, will help you be a successful engineer? Oh, yes, there are many, actually. I mean, we've just been talking about mathematics. Um, you need to know how to do complex math uh, because there is a lot of mathematics. I know that computers will work for you when you're an engineer, but you still need to understand how to do formulas and calculations. 
Um, then, of course, there's computer skills. Um, sure. Computer modeling is a very important field of engineering because this technology is used to create computer models that simulate complex systems or situations. So you need to be very good computer skills, very good with mathematical skills. And also, um, something that people sometimes overlook, you have to be the sort of person who has a great attention to detail. Right. Because a lot of engineering projects are quite intricate and complex. Um, they're used to developing products, testing safety, designing structures, but you've really got to look at the, the, the minutiae of all of this. Right. Okay. And obviously problem solving, I guess. Oh, yes. Uh, a lot of problems, I think, because uh, problems and situations arise on a regular basis and engineers need to know how to respond to these. Right. And the, the usual in any complex area has got to be good at working in a team. Yes, very, very important in engineering because it's not like one person designs everything on their own. You're going to be working as a team of engineers. So you'll be working with people perhaps outside the industry, um, so you need to be able to speak clearly and concisely in order to convey your thoughts and ideas to people who are not engineers. Uh, yeah, exactly, because so, so, you'll be working perhaps with designers and yeah. all sorts of people who have a very different uh, mindset and skill set. Uh, and so being able to communicate mm -hmm. in a way that others can, can uh, hear your messages is really important. Yes, very much so. Okay, and so... That's all understood. What what can students do to prepare uh, themselves for an application for a university uh, degree in engineering? Well, it's always a good idea to sort of build up your CV or resume. And there's quite a few things that, that you can do, which will certainly look good on your university application. I mean, if you're able to, you could do a summer program, either going to a university campus, or if that's not possible, then do one of the online programs. A lot of universities, especially the top ones, offer some excellent engineering programs, summer programs. Right. Um, and then if you're able to do this, you could do an internship where you shadow an engineer for a couple of weeks during the summer holidays. Perhaps your parents in their sort of professional network know some people who are engineers and they can facilitate this for you. Yeah, good tip. Um, and then again, you've got project work in school. Perhaps you want to work as part of a team to design and build something. Uh, the school where I work, they've been building these model Formula One racing cars, which has been a fascinating project for the students. Or maybe you want to build something for yourself, like an electric skateboard or a 3D printer or, or do computer coding. There's a lot of things you can do. Yeah, and I guess that's perfect uh, for IB students. You could apply that to your uh, IB extended essay? Yes, I think that uh, if you're an IB student, it's a good idea to write your extended essay in the area that you plan to study at university. And right. then your college counsellor can write something to the effect in your reference that, that although you're talented in all areas of the programme, your passion lies in the field of, in this case, engineering, as your choice of IB extended essay uh, denotes so right. go for a great it. tip yes top tip there from <laughs> from jeremy i've lost the count number of times i've written that in in students references <laughs> yes so let's get down to the nuts and bolts um applying for uh engineering 
Um, I guess the process is uh, superficially at least similar to other courses. Is that right? Yes, it is. Um, but there are various things you have to consider. Um, first of all, decide which country you want to study in. Right. Um, and then look at your grades and the entry requirements at the universities and make sure you actually have the right grades that you meet their entry requirements. Um, and then, of course, look very carefully at the course content. Don't just glance at the title. You really need to dig in and look to see what units you're going to study, year one, year two, etc. Right. And, and I guess that's particularly interesting around teaching style as well. Yes, it is. Um, you, you need to make sure that the university offers you um, a good choice of electives so you can go and specialize in, in, in a particular area of engineering oh, yes. and perhaps do a project in that field. Uh, this normally happens during the final year, third year of your degree or fourth year. Okay. Uh, and then sort of moving away from the obvious things like um, you, you need to look at the location of the university. You know, is it a nice place? Do you want to live there? Uh, and something that students don't normally look at, but the percentage of graduating students who are in employment within six months of graduating. Almost all universities publish these statistics, and it makes interesting reading. The good news, of course, is that uh, engineers are greatly in demand, so I don't think you'll have to worry too much about looking for a job when you graduate. Indeed. It's an area that, that I guess, uh, will always be there in terms of employment. Yes, indeed. And then, of course, you have to understand the system of the application system of the country to which you're applying. Some countries have a centralized system like the UCAS system in the UK or the common app in the United States. And in other countries, you'll just make your application direct to the university itself. Right. And we've, we've made a variety of different episodes uh, we have, around yes. all of those things. Uh, uh, and deadlines are important and all of those kind of things. Um, what about cost? I guess uh, it's dependent on the country. Very much so. I mean, some countries fund their um, university systems with taxpayers' money, so therefore the tuition fees will be lower. And other universities are private enterprises that are funded by tuition fees. They but generally have... speaking, engineering is an expensive subject to study, is it not? In comparison with other subjects within that university, then yes. Uh, because if you think about it, if you set up an engineering program, you're going to have to provide some seriously expensive equipment to teach your undergraduate students. Whereas if you are teaching English literature, well, you know, a library full of books should suffice. So the money issue uh, is one that you should consider. If, uh, you know, if funds are a little bit tight, uh, uh, then I guess the message shop around, look at your options, look at different uh, ways uh, of um, approaching um, uh, getting qualified. Yes, I, I normally say to my students, you can get a good education in lots of places. You just have to decide, you know, where do you want to go and how much do you want to spend? I think there's a, a, a if I remember a conversation with you um, that we had around, you know, getting in as well. Um, there are lots of niche areas in, in engineering, are there not? And sometimes if you apply for, you know, I don't know, mechanical engineering, there may be thousands of people applying for that course. Whereas if you apply for a, a more niche subject area within engineering, your chances may be greater. Are that, is that right? It could be, yes. I mean, you're going to have to have a look at the statistics on the uh, university's own website because they will publish statistics that show the number of applicants for each place. 
the higher ranked university will certainly do this. And so you can sort of shop around within the engineering department and try and figure out which one has the, the best applicants to places ratio. That's great, Jeremy. Thank you. I, I think you provided a really uh, good overview of the kind of things you need to think about in order to, to successfully apply for uh, studying engineering. Um, have you got any sort of final hints and tips that you would give to students? Yes, uh, make sure you have the right skill set. Uh, we talked earlier on about having a, a high level of mathematical skills and talent is very, very important. But you've also got to have the passion and the curiosity, the interest. You have to enjoy the whole challenge of, of making something, designing something, solving problems. So all of these are, are important things that you should uh, possess if you're going to go and study engineering. But certainly an incredibly worthwhile career um, and um, a very, very diverse uh, career prospects when, when you graduate. Yes, indeed. I mean, this is a fascinating career that could take you to all corners of the planet, if that is your wish. Indeed, indeed. And Jeremy, talking about uh, travel, um, let's move over to your culinary uh, uh, travels. We've had um, Italian and Spanish. I guess you were, were eating hummus in, in Abu Dhabi. What do, what do you want now that you're home today? Mm. Is it uh, cheese sandwich, perhaps? No, Neil, I have been inspired by exploring the culinary delights of different parts of the world. As you say, I mean, I've been in France and Spain and Abu Dhabi and the United Arab Emirates, and the, the, the food I had there was absolutely delicious, hummus particularly. And so I have been inspired by this. And so I walked around the corner to my local Chinese uh, restaurant here in Vienna and got myself some sushi. There you go. There you go. So it's sushi tonight, then. It's sushi tonight, yes. Enjoy. Thank you, I will. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and share the Find Your Best Future podcast.